not that you can't have a great 500 people wedding, but it's quite nice to share this special day with the with your nearest and dearest. So I would have definitely liked more than 15 people and it would have been nice for our closest family and friends to have been there. Um, but I do I do wonder if the pandemic will kind of change the face of weddings going forward in terms of smaller weddings being more common than the larger wedding. And welcome to season one, episode two of the Business of Weddings podcast. I'm Mira. I'm your host for this season. I also run the Indian and interfaith wedding planning company, Carriages, Weddings and Events. I'm a bridal coach and the author of Plan to Perfection. So in this episode, we are looking at the rise of intimate weddings. It's no secret that many couples have had to change their wedding plans this year and opt for a much smaller wedding than they had initially wanted. Intimate weddings, or micro-weddings if you will, are also tipped to be one of the biggest trends of 2021. What this means for suppliers is adapting. Many suppliers have had to change their offerings. Now we'll come to this later, but first of all, I thought it was important to really get into the mind of these brides and try and understand what they're thinking. So let's have a chat and catch up with them. Up first is Karishma. Karishma initially wanted 500 people at her wedding in May. What she ended up getting is 15 people at a ceremony in October. Then we have Anjali. Anjali had 11 people attending her ceremony in July, but she went on to say that regardless of the pandemic, that would have always been the case. So, let's actually understand why these brides went on to have such a small wedding and see what the planning process was like for them. So we started planning and kind of getting things booked at the end of 2018. So we had everything in place. All the big things had been booked for well over a year um, prior to our original wedding date. So we were relatively relaxed on the wedding planning front because we were like, yep, we've ticked everything off. Everything is done. We're all ready. And then the pandemic hit. This wasn't in our control. And as much as we would have liked to have everyone there, the pandemic was so beyond all of our control that we didn't know what we were waiting for by postponing the wedding again. So, yeah, everyone was really supportive. So we were able just to kind of get on with it, get like move the wedding, carry on with our postponed date as we planned. We decided um, as soon as we got engaged that we were going to have a small wedding and this was pre-COVID anyway. Um, so we always when we've been talking about it um, over the last few years and when we've been living together, we, we had both agreed that it was just going to be immediate family only. Was it a ceremony, like a religious ceremony that you had or a civil ceremony? Yeah, yeah so it was a civil ceremony. So um, we basically exchanged vows um, outdoors um, in a small private garden area um, under like a flowered archway. And... Um, exchanged vows, exchanged rings, and then we had to go inside the building to sign the register in front of two witnesses, which was both our brothers. Um, then we came back outside, had some photos, and that was it. It was all done and dusted in two hours. Wow. 
Gosh. <laughs> I mean, usually it takes two hours just to like get people from one room to another. <laughs> so, I mean, we, we're both quite, um, uh, so we're not very, um, we're quite private anyway. So um, to have 200 people looking at us the whole day wouldn't have even been on the cards for us. So especially my husband, he's, he's a very uh, private person and is much better one-on-one than in big groups. Um, so I, I think it would it made us feel a lot more relaxed knowing it was just kind of it felt like more like a garden party than anything else we've been engaged I had our sergei in 2018 um, we've been engaged since 2017 and it was really important for us to be married and our families were incredibly supportive so I think the most important thing is if you want to get married you'll still be getting married and you can still have a beautiful day, whether it's hundreds of people or 15 people. The main thing is, is that you get married at the end. If there's one positive that's come out of all of this this year in terms of weddings, then it's the fact that weddings have gone back to their core. At their true essence, weddings are all about love. And that is something that these couples that have been getting married have been focusing on. Because let's face it, that's all they could focus on. They wanted to spend their lives together. They couldn't have those big elaborate celebrations, but they wanted to go ahead anyway because they just wanted to be together. And that's what we're learning. We're learning that people really want to put that focus and that emphasis on the ceremony. And it's also a trend that we'll see going into 2021. As suppliers, we need to understand that at their core, couples really just want to feel that connection, not just with each other, but also their guests. So how do we give them this experience? Because they might not have 500 people in attendance anymore, but what they are getting is so, so valuable. And that's a positive that we can take away. At first, I thought that I would be less nervous with a smaller wedding because there's less people looking at you. Um, But actually, it was nervousness in a different way because I think in a small, intimate wedding, your guests are physically close to you. So um, the chairs for our guests weren't that far from where we said our vows. Whereas in a big wedding, um, not everybody's concentrating on you at the same time. You, your stage might be physically quite a bit apart from where the guests sit um, and there's a few distractions. So actually, it was in one sense, it was a bit more nerve-wracking um, knowing that those 11 guests are focused on you the whole time. Um, but on the other hand, it was so private and you, you knew that everybody was concentrating on you at the same time. Um, so it really felt like your guests were a part of your ceremony rather than just being there to watch you. I think also there's a lot more focus on me and him as a bride and a groom, whereas um, having a big wedding with you might have a few other things going on at the same time, like an intrusive photographer or a videographer, you've got 200 guests, some of them making noise, um, some of them with kids and things like that. Um, Whereas we could concentrate on it just being me and him um, rather than concentrating on 200 people sat out there. Everyone actually got really stuck into the spirit of the wedding. So um, we'd asked all of our guests to send us pictures from wherever they were watching um, just so then we could kind of compile it all and maybe put it into the end of the video. And loads of our family and friends had all gotten dressed up or they made like wedding food and they were all like just eating all of this delicious food dressed in Indian clothes. And 
and a lot of us a lot of our guests had actually said that um they actually felt like they were there it was, it was like they had front row seats to the wedding and they were able to watch everything and really enjoy the ceremony so we had like a really positive reaction to the virtual wedding that's so beautiful and in many ways they're right because if you can imagine if you are at a wedding with 500 people you might be right at the back but you can't see everything clearly whereas this way they probably saw it crystal clear um, exactly they were right at the front watching everything and yeah no it was it was just nice that people really did get into the spirit of it and we felt like looking back at all of the pictures and seeing all of our friends and family all dressed up and joining in with the celebrations it felt like even though they couldn't be there in spirit we were all still celebrating together we actually filmed it um we were live streaming it at the same time and um a few of our family members were able to go to each other's households and watch it together and have like a viewing party and a few drinks and a toast to us so um that was nice and we actually had um a lot more people watching it than we probably would have invited ourselves anyway so it was quite nice to um for them to be able to watch it and they could be in their pajamas and be watching it and they didn't have to dress up and make the effort to come they didn't feel obligated either i remember telling people as we were sending out the virtual invite like this is the easiest wedding you're ever going to you just need to roll out of bed turn the telly on log in like it was really straightforward so I, I wouldn't be surprised if more people do virtual like streaming going forward of their wedding if I would have told a couple maybe 15 or 20 years ago that they would have a virtual wedding where people would be watching them get married via a screen they probably would have thought I was insane. And more so if I said that they would have felt just as connected watching via a screen as they did as attending in person. So it's actually incredible to see how much things have evolved. And trust me, they are going to continue to evolve. When it comes to these small intimate weddings and the whole virtual side of things, we are literally just scratching the surface with what we can do with technology. So what we do have is this real incredible opportunity for suppliers to think about how they can offer these couples these intimate experiences without guests even being present. Now, I'm sure we could do a whole separate episode on this, but I just want it to be something that you can take away as a positive because there are opportunities. We just need to spend a bit more time, maybe put a bit of money behind them, do a bit of research, and I'm sure in a year's time, there will be things being offered, being done at weddings that actually we probably haven't even considered at this moment in time. So speaking about opportunities, I want to actually introduce my third and final guest. I'm really excited to have her on. She's Kelly Mortimer, who is actually a specialist, a specialist wedding industry professional who works with suppliers and venues to help them increase their revenue and book more weddings crucial for this moment in time when so many suppliers are feeling quite devastated, feeling quite down about their bookings and just the industry in general. And what Kelly offers is a very unique perspective because she talks about how we can use this opportunity to offer our couples a bit of luxury, maybe the kind of luxury that they wouldn't be able to afford with such big numbers. So this is definitely a positive to come out of intimate weddings and smaller weddings. So let's take a listen and see what Kelly actually has to say. 
So one of my clients who is uh, one of the famous five-star hotels in London, I actually met with them uh, about a month back now. And they were talking to me about this smaller wedding scenario and they were putting together these crazy cheap packages. And I said, I, I don't understand what you're doing. And she said, well, you know, I can only have 15 people. So we're putting this really low price point on it. And bearing in mind, this is one of the, the you know, the famous five stars in London. And I said, you're not looking at this the right way. That couple still want to have the most epic experience. Don't create a cheap package for 15. Create a luxury package for 15. That's what people will be wanting. They, they still have you know, the budget to spend just because they can't have 100 people coming, they still want to have a brilliant experience. So add courses to the menu, add incredible tablescapes, add incredible experiences that come along with that, and actually have a different view of that 15 person wedding instead of seeing it on the cheap side. And she literally put it together and sold it that afternoon to the next couple that came in for their show round. Um, and, and I think it's about understanding that just because a couple decide to have a small wedding does not mean they want it to be kind of a cheap wedding. They still want that really amazing experience. You know, in terms of the luxury that you just mentioned, do you think smaller weddings are actually creating an opportunity for couples to afford that higher level of luxury that maybe they couldn't do with a larger guest list? 100% yes. And, and again, that, that same conversation I had with the, the five star in London and um, was exactly that because that same couple would have um, had to divide that budget, let's say by 150 people. Of course, they would have had a much more limited option. Then with, you know, guidelines saying you can only have 15. Okay, they wouldn't spend the same budget for 150 for 15 but they would have still spent a bigger percentage per person. Does that make sense? Like they would have spread that money differently. And so, yes, I think you then think, great, let's have six courses. Let's have everybody on champagne instead of Prosecco. You know, let's make incredible uh, tablescaping for one long table of 15 rather than having to spread that money around 10 tables. And um, so I absolutely think, yes, you can create a more luxurious feel for those smaller numbers. I think it's important to note that when we talk about luxury, it doesn't always necessarily relate to money. What we have established is that people want those experiences, they want to feel connected, um, they want something unique and personal, but more so I believe that luxury just relates to people feeling important. If you can make your guests feel important, they will love you. So even if couples don't have the money to actually purchase some six-course meal in a five-star, what they may have is the money to put something unique together, which Anjali just touches upon. It can be the smallest of things, but if you are a supplier that can provide something like this, which in someone's eye probably is a touch of luxury, then actually there's, there's a whole gap in the market that you probably haven't even touched yet. My family stayed up the night before and cooked and um, we got food hampers delivered to the venue for each household and it had um, loads and loads of bits and pieces in that uh, people could take and have as like a picnic at cutlery um, and they'd put in like a little mini uh, wedding candle and things like that in it as well. So there were lots of bits and pieces in there and they sent a wedding cake as well with that. So we were able to give people food as they left to take home and have, have on their own basically. 
I love that. It sounds so personal. Do you think that just having a smaller wedding means that they can personalize it? Because I suppose you could never imagine having a personalized hamper for so many people. Yeah, exactly. It, I think it's these extra touches that might fall by the wayside if you're having a big wedding. So you're when you're having a big wedding, you're concentrating more on the bigger picture and the big events um, and things like the music and things like that. When you're not thinking about that, you've got more time to think about um, the song you're going to walk down to, um, down the aisle to, and um, the wedding favours and things like that and making it a bit more personal. If there's one thing that we've learnt from this pandemic then it's the fact that change is inevitable. In fact, the only constant is change. We touched upon the need to adapt right at the start of this particular episode. And I will say it again, those suppliers who have adapted are the ones that have come through stronger. Now, I don't mean this in a bad way because I know some suppliers will have just been in a very difficult situation and it's not so easy for everyone. But for those who can and for those who have, they have seen a real difference in their business. It's also something that Kelly touches upon and goes on to say, you know, we place a lot of emphasis on trends, emerging markets, statistics, and just all those futuristic things at Now to Vow, because for us, it's important that not only do we stay ahead of the game and keep you informed, but we're also providing couples with what they want. So, As a planner, I know, having spoken to so many couples, I know what they're looking for. They're looking for different things all the time. But it's not just me. Like I said, Kelly, who works with numerous, numerous suppliers, right from independent suppliers to high-end hotel chains, they are all having to adapt. So if you don't, then unfortunately, you may just get left behind. I understand that in the beginning, we all just froze. So when this situation hit early in the year we all I think just froze for a moment and thought goodness gracious what on earth is going on but then you have to come out of that freeze and you have to keep moving forward and I think this really highlights that our industry in general has been just a little bit behind the times overall so for example when I work with my clients you know I'm teaching them strategies that work in today's market it's about how our couples shop and buy and search for their venues and their suppliers and their their buying habits and they are a world away from where they were 20 years ago when I started in the business and so just as an overall if those venues and suppliers are not changing with the times, they will get left behind and they are getting left behind. And I can see, you know, I can jump on a website of a venue and know instantly whether or not their, their, their diary is full or not. You know, I can see those, those, those red flags straight away. And I think if we haven't been keeping ourselves up to date with what's going on and what our buyers want, what our couples want, then I think we will have been in that kind of freeze position when COVID hit and there would have been no movement as well. So I think it's a similar thing. A lot of my uh, clients who have done, you know, okay through this year have been very flexible with what they've done. They've thought outside the box. How can we continue to connect with new people? How can we continue to take deposits? You know, how can we sell our products or our services in a different way? And even some of my venue clients have still managed to take deposits through lockdown when you couldn't even come for a show round. And so that just shows me that those who are willing to be flexible and and update the way they work can, in fact, continue to, to, to be successful. 
Well, there you go. It sounds like people, and when I say people, I mean brides and grooms, it looks like they are happy to put down deposits on these intimate wedding packages. Now, I strongly believe that intimate and micro weddings are here to stay, but I don't want you to just take my word for it. I think it's important that we bring back our guests, you know, these brides who actually had these small weddings and take a listen and see what they actually have to say and whether or not they think that these smaller weddings are in fact the future. The best thing about it is that it's not such a crazy day. There's not so much going on that you can't stop to enjoy everything. So you can really take it all in and you can talk to everybody and you feel like you've really shared that day with those guests. Whereas with a bigger wedding, you can feel quite detached from it all. Um, so you can really stop to enjoy every minute of the day with a smaller wedding, I'd say. I think there are a lot of couples who often have a bigger wedding due to family and social and cultural pressure. And potentially, they, if they were really true to themselves, they might not have wanted that. Um, and I think that goes across, you know, a lot of cultures and that couples think, you know what, I'd just rather have my 15 nearest and dearest rather than have to have 200 people who I won't even get round speaking to through the evening. Um, and I think it's given us permission to just make that decision ourselves now because it's so well accepted that smaller weddings can be just as fabulous. See, there's something that's really personal and intimate with a smaller wedding that you, not that you can't have a great 500 people wedding but it's quite nice to share this special day with the, with your nearest and dearest so i would have definitely liked more than 15 people and it would have been nice for our closest family and friends to have been there um but i do i do wonder if the pandemic will kind of change the face of weddings going forward in terms of smaller weddings being more common than the larger wedding? Yeah, I think um, probably a lot of people will feel forced at the beginning um, because the guest list has have to be so low. Um, but actually, I think people will start to um, enjoy it and spread the word a bit more about how personal and intimate it felt to have a small wedding. Um, I also think that people will probably... Um, start prioritizing different things financially so um personally i don't understand people who want to spend tens of thousands on a wedding when you can buy a house with that with that money and i think more people will start to think that that okay let's invest this money into our future rather than into one event and you know in your opinion do you believe that smaller weddings are here to stay like forever now or is it just a phase that we're going through with the pandemic I think they are here to stay, but I think we're going to see two camps. So I do believe that people are are hungry for celebration. They are hungry for human connection. They are hungry for those in-person parties where, you know, all your friends and family come and there's a band and there's dancing and we're all drinking champagne and it's just brilliant fun. I think there's a huge hunger for that. So I think we will see... Uh, a lot of that happening and not just for weddings but social occasions events people putting on big birthday bashes because they've missed out on everything this year by the same token I think we will also now see this permission to have the smaller wedding and so I think we'll really see the the business split into two those people who will now always want a small wedding because it's become acceptable and those who still hunger for that big uh, party and that kind of back to back to that kind of style of wedding 
I think we heard some really uplifting things there. You know, when I first heard about the restrictions and the regulations in terms of weddings, and I'm sure I wasn't alone when I felt this, but I felt terrified. I felt like, what is it going to do to this industry? Because we're so dependent on these large scale events. How can we possibly have a wedding of just 30 or 15 people? But having spoken to these brides and just heard their stories and heard about the feeling, it just makes me feel very positive about the future because clearly these small and intimate ceremonies are offering something that the large-scale, typical, traditional Indian weddings were just not offering. And so there's definitely a market here. I think moving forward, even when the restrictions do ease, we will see a large proportion of people still opting for these smaller ceremonies. And that's exactly something that Kelly mentioned. There are going to be two camps. There's going to be the camp where they still have those large-scale weddings. And then there's going to be the camp where they stick to those smaller ceremonies. And we already kind of see this within the South Asian culture where you'll have, you know, smaller pre-wedding events such as your mendi or any bujas and then you'll have your larger wedding. But what may tend to happen, I believe, is we'll also move towards smaller ceremonies and maybe even smaller receptions because those couples who really do want to create that connection and have something a bit more personal will realise that it may just not be possible with such large-scale numbers. And overall, I think it's a great opportunity for suppliers because they can continue with those, you know, traditional offerings for those large scale events, but they can also have a new offering or a new package or a new service for those smaller intimate weddings. And essentially what they're getting is the best of both worlds and hopefully more business. So it's a great thing overall. And the positive that I do take away from this is that regardless of what happens, people are getting married. And I think that at its core is just such a beautiful feeling to end this episode on. This episode was brought to you by Now to Vow. We make it easy for couples to find and book suppliers for their Indian wedding. If you're in the industry, you can list your service on our platform at no cost. Head over to nowtovow.co.uk to get started. The Business of Weddings is a monthly podcast. We preview the episodes on Instagram Live on the third Friday of every month. Follow us at now underscore two underscore vow and join the discussion. Subscribe to this podcast to get the latest episodes before anyone else. And if you've enjoyed listening to it, please leave us a review so we can reach more people. See you next month.